0: This is The Causes of Things, and I'm your host, Michael O'Fallon. It's March 30th, 2020. First, I want to reach out in this moment of history and offer the greatest of sympathies to anyone who is suffering from or has lost someone from the coronavirus that is ravaging our nation and our world. The virus is real. It is deadly for some. We are in a war, but not just against the virus, also against deadly ideologies that are attempting to plant foundational roots in our nation and are using the reality of the virus as a Trojan horse. It's an excuse to dismantle, in just a very few weeks, the foundational structures of our republic. We need to battle the virus. Yes, absolutely. But we also need to protect our nation and our equal rights to life. Yes, that should be defended. Liberty. Absolutely, this should be respected and demanded. And the pursuit of happiness, which is dependent upon the first two propositions. You see, liberty without life is a tragic thing. If there is no life, obviously, liberty cannot prosper. So we must protect and defend life, whether in the womb or in the confines of our homes, for liberty to continue. But there is no life that is understood through the pursuit of happiness without liberty. Without liberty, without some degree of human autonomy, we lose the ability for man, woman, child to set the course for their own life with liberty and actual justice for all without the tyranny of collectivism. Maybe you have never experienced what that collective is like. Maybe you have never lived in a completely top-down authoritarian nation. Well, perhaps right now, From personal experience, I can give you a taste. It was approximately 71 years ago that Mao Zedong defeated the Nationalist forces led by Chiang Kai-shek and formed the People's Republic of China. A single-party totalitarian communist regime that was initially focused upon the suppression of counter-revolutionaries, in other words, those that were against his Marxist revolution, and the private ownership of property, etc., Mao also spent a good amount of time rounding up those that still believed in capitalism that would later result in the anti-rightist campaign which persecuted intellectuals who appeared to favor capitalism and were against collectivism. While Mao's interests were economic, he also wanted to reshape China's cultural future, disposing of the past and perilously running towards a blank, brown-canvassed future. It was out with the old, and in with the new. Something that I have mentioned frequently on this podcast in the past. Many of Mao's initiatives during his reign included a top-down approach that involved the young revolutionary bottom-up to squeeze the traditional Chinese middle, the culture, the religions, the generations of tradition. One such movement was the Four Cleanup Movement, The goal of the movement was to cleanse politics, economy, organization, and ideology, the four cleanups, of any resistance to Mao's collective and socialist goals. But long before this, Mao considered the existence of both the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant faiths that had come into the country to be of great threat to his ability to control the hearts and minds of the Chinese people. Mao ordered that churches be destroyed or repurposed for party use and to limit gatherings to no more than 20 people in some of the more religious provinces such as Fuzhou. Little did Mao know that this would lead to the explosive growth of the house church movement as envisioned by Watchman Nee. But within Mao's plans, the national churches such as the Three Self Movement were created along with the Chinese Patriotic Catholic Church. Of particular note, dispensational theology was greatly discouraged, mainly due to the eschatological references that would always identify Mao as the Antichrist, or China as the Beast. Quick note, the mainline Chinese theologians in Union Seminary in Nanjing really prefer the eschatological framework of post-millennialism. Everything is getting better as long as the Communist Chinese Party is directing the path. Now, that's not a knock on you that believe on post It's just the fact. That happens to be the case. One very effective move made by the Chinese government, which is already greatly enforced today after a season of relaxation prior to Chairman Xi, was that large groups of people, at times as little as 10 during certain restrictive periods and up to 500 in more relaxed periods, were not allowed to gather without government permission. Again, let me say that one more time, just so you'll understand. Large groups of people, at times as little as 10 during certain restrictive periods and up to 500 in more relaxed periods, were not allowed to gather without government permission. The Chinese government considered meetings as potential hotspots for causing possible revolutionary action or resistance to the government. You see, there's great power in crowds. Now, many years ago in the past, I joined with other pastors to visit what would be known as the underground church in China. We would fly to China go about business deals and so forth, but would be forced to do several evasive maneuvers to avoid tails by the government or Communist Party watchdogs. We had to be very careful, very, very careful. It was important that, in our zealousness to meet with the Chinese underground church, that after we left China, we didn't endanger our Chinese brothers. We didn't want to create the possibility that those that we were visiting would not be gathered up and sent to prison, or worse, after we left. After our evasive maneuvers, we would gather with several members of the underground church, hear testimonies, pray, read through scripture, and then we would strategically and carefully disperse. On several occasions, we would gather in a small hotel room or apartment with 20 or so other Christians to worship very carefully, very quietly, not knowing when a boot may come crashing through the door, disrupt our service, and haul away those in violation of the laws concerning gatherings. This was real. We jumped through serious hoops to try to minimize the risk. Maybe you have never faced this kind of reality before. Sad thing is, I can't take pastors to China anymore. With the surveillance system and the social credit scoring in place in China starting in 2018, it would be virtually impossible to do what we did more than 10 years ago. You see, today, China is basically run through... An artificial intelligence national brain. An omnipresent Santa Claus that knows when you've been sleeping. Knows when you're awake. Knows when you've been bad or good. So you'd better be good. For goodness sake. Or there will be consequences. If you oppose the state. Or... If you act in any sort of way that engages your own personal autonomy. You see, in China, all cell phone and smartwatch technology is traced at all times, as are your buying habits, your fitness habits, and your lifestyle. The online and social media messaging is censored, measured, and if any discussion happens against the state, there will be immediate consequences. If you resist, there is swift punishment. You cannot gather for religious or political purposes, not without the government's permission. It is exponentially past Orwellian. It's a good thing you live in the United States. Right? I mean, we have the freedom of assembly. We don't have the state telling religious institutions what to do, what to preach, and what messaging should be delivered. Right? I mean, things in this country would never get so extreme as in communist China, where gatherings of people of 50 or more needs to have the permission of the government. I I mean, it's not like they're going to be shutting down churches Synagogues, mosques are hauling away pastors, arresting them. Right? Well, a few things should give you pause. Firstly, in New York City. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, along with his New York Director of Health, just four weeks ago were calling travel bans on flights from China racist and xenophobic. And de Blasio and his director of health were imploring citizens to ride the subways and go to festivities and go to our restaurants, all while exclaiming the racist overreach of Donald Trump shutting down air travel from China. Yes, Bill de Blasio was shouting from the rooftops earlier in March that this whole virus thing was overblown. And you, New York City, needed to get out there, especially in Chinatown, and party. Now, all of the sudden, just a couple of weeks later, Mayor Bill de Blasio has completely changed his tune. And of course, COVID-19 is upon us and it will destroy the entirety of civilization. And so New York must be turned into a totalitarian police state. Immediately. Mayor de Blasio warned Friday that the city would shut, down certain places of worship if people continued to violate the state's stay-at-home mandates and if they continued congregating for religious services in New York City. de Blasio promised to take additional action up to the point of fines and potentially closing the building permanently if worshipers did not comply. Yes, Mayor Bill de Blasio is threatening to permanently close churches and synagogues, if they do not comply with his order to not gather for worship and to stay imprisoned at home. But de Blasio isn't the only status and church leader affected in all of this. Further south, in Tampa Bay, Florida. Last week, Hillsborough County issued an order directing residents to remain at home, effective March 27th, Except for essential services, including trips to the grocery store, the doctor's office, and the pharmacy. The county's list of essential services did not include attending church. Governor DeSantis's stay-at-home provisions and suggestions that he gave two weeks ago stated clearly that these were helpful guidelines and that no one would be quote going to jail, end quote, for not adhering to the guidelines. President Trump said this as well in his call to flatten the curve, that these were suggestions, they were voluntary, that no one would be arrested, etc., if they had a family of 14 living in the same house or if they went to the park. But this wasn't enough for the Hillsborough County Commission. Hillsborough County passed an additional safe-at-home order in their county. This applied to all residents within Hillsborough County including the cities of Plant City, Tampa, and Temple Terrace, effective as of 10 p.m. on March 27, 2020. Residents did not require a pass or a letter to show authorities. Safe at home means all residents are directed to stay at home as much as possible 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All non-essential businesses were ordered to shut down. Hillsborough County decided that a church is non-essential business. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's church met this past Sunday. According to Pastor Brown and his attorney from Liberty Council, River Church took extra health precautions for its services Sunday. The church gave each attendee hand sanitizer, had its staffers wear gloves and enforced a six-foot distance between family groups in the auditorium. Not only did the church comply with the administrative order regarding six-foot distancing, it went above and beyond any other business to ensure the health and safety of the people. Monday morning, Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister said Howard Brown has been charged with two counts, unlawful assembly and a violation of health emergency rules. Both are second-degree misdemeanors, Cronister said at a press conference on Monday. Quote, It's unfortunate here that the pastor is hiding behind the First Amendment. End quote. State Attorney Andrew H. Warren said at Monday's news conference. I repeat again, his statement was, quote, It's unfortunate here that the pastor is hiding behind the First Amendment. Warren added, quote, Emergency orders like the county's are constitutionally valid said Warren. And I would ask Warren this, how can you accuse someone of, quote, hiding behind the First Amendment, end quote, and then in the same breath state that your order was constitutionally valid? This is impossible. Firstly, I don't believe that any pastor that chooses to gather for worship on Sunday is, quote, hiding behind the First Amendment. End quote. The First Amendment guarantees certain rights of assembly that are the law of the land. It is a shield against tyranny with the weight of the federal government behind its wisdom. It's what our country is built upon. The state's attorney, Warren, continues, quote, I would remind the good pastor of Mark 1231, Warren said, referring to the Bible. I continue, quote, there is no more important commandment than to love your neighbor as yourself, and loving your neighbor is protecting them and not jeopardizing their health by exposing them to this deadly virus, end quote. Again, the state's attorney is not quoting a law or a constitutional provision that would allow him to leap over the United States Constitution and then literally out of thin air, eisegetically butcher the application of Mark 1231 in the same fashion that he just butchered the United States Constitution. In particular, Warren stated that, quote, there is no more important commandment than to love your neighbor as yourself, end quote. Excuse me, sir, if I may. You know, there is another character the Bible warns us about that has a tendency to say, quote, did God not say, end quote, who then takes scripture completely out of context and twists it. You see, the most important commandment, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all of your heart, mind, and soul. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then Jesus goes on to say, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So you can't have one without the other. Now let's look at the constitutional issues. The United States Constitution is the law of the land. It is the legal framework. It still applies when sickness and pestilence abound. The government cannot decide to limit your liberties arbitrarily. And once again, please note, this isn't about whether or not you agree with Pastor Brown's theological convictions. This is about the right of assembly and the freedom of worship. The very first line of the very first amendment of the Constitution contains the words that, quote, "...Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion." It's right there in the Constitution, folks. That's a foundational principle to our law. If the same order, by the way, was pressed at a Jewish synagogue or a kingdom hall of Jehovah's Witnesses, you should be equally outraged. And here comes the consequential question Are churches prepared to not meet in person for the next year and a half? that it may take to develop a vaccine and distribute it widely when parishioners can protect themselves by not touching their faces with unwashed hands? Wait, just a moment. Did you hear that? This sounds so familiar, like something I heard 10 years ago. Seems like I can faintly hear the approach of the Red Guard again. Or maybe it's the fiery rhetoric of Stalin. Or the tyrannical voice of Paul Pot. You know, I hear, maybe a little bit louder because it's closer to my heart, as my relatives in Cuba did, the voice of Fidel Castro and Che Guevara. Oh, it's a familiar voice. It is the voice of coming tyranny. Cloaked in safety, protection, care for the collective good, and virtue. Just like in China. Our current laws in place are basically the same as what was practiced in China when Mao seized control for the Communist Party and, even to a greater extent, during the Cultural Revolution. No gathering of more than 10 or 50 people without state permission, depending on the province. Now, I want you to think for just a moment. What positive attributes came to China and helped the Chinese Communist Party with the coronavirus? Wasn't it just four or five months ago that protests were taking over the streets of Hong Kong? Do you remember that? China started sending its military forces down to Hong Kong. What finally interrupted the protest, though, and sent everyone scurrying to their homes? Was it the Chinese Communist Guard? No. It was the virus. How very useful the virus was for the Chinese Communist Party back in December and January. Quietly, though, and I know this from good information, underground churches kept meeting. You see, they still find a way and they defied the beast known as the state. But at any moment, any second, the door could come crashing in. The leading ones, could be arrested and taken away. Thank God we're not in China, right? Or have we exchanged our liberty for safety? And no doubt again, the virus is real. It's deadly. But along with this, Have we exchanged the truth for a lie? And are there those that minister and lead in the church who want to call themselves, quote, trusted voices, end quote, who dismiss the concerns of Americans who see dangerous precedents being set? Are those trusted voices who have been preparing this statist move leading their own sheep Into serfdom and slavery. Tell me also, what happens with our online church if the government, local, state, or federal, decides that they didn't care for what you said online? What then if you are deplatformed as a church on all social media and on your live stream? What then? Because you can't meet physically at your church now, can you? You may be arrested. But don't worry. If you're arrested, the prisons are nearly empty. You see, they have been letting all the felons and inmates go. Yes, even child rapists. For their own protection. You know, we could always go with the Chinese and Korean model. We could just track all of you all of the time on your phones and on your smartwatches and by facial recognition. That way, if you have tested positive, we could just arrest you immediately. Ladies and gentlemen, we have officially started to transition from what was the Republic of the United States of America into some rough statist beast. On Sunday, in America, the boot may come crashing through the door. What have we done? What are we about to give away while we cower in our homes and hope that the government will save us? We in this country, we had better be unified. If we love our liberty and our freedom, we had better do just a bit more than just put up another Facebook post. It might be time that we start making some demands of our government and of the state. But you'd better get busy. Because time's running out do pray that God will keep us healthy and keep us safe. But even if he doesn't, never bow your knee at the altar of statism. If we lose America, it will be so much harder to ever get the principles that America was founded on back again. I'm Michael Fallon, and this has been The Causes of Things.